Welcome to Sausage Symposium. We're your hosts. I'm Doug Glistaff, an Esquire. I am Christopher Jacob Bendeman, Esquire. And uh, we're here for this final episode of our show, Sophist Symposium. That's right. We have law degrees now. Um, I'm really sorry for everybody about that fact. But I will tell you this. We do not have bar licenses yet. So stay safe out there, everybody. Right. If you hear something on our show that sounds like legal advice, it's actually just life advice. Yes. Um, I actually like to uh, try to quote something I heard from the open, opening arguments podcast, an actual legal podcast that you should uh, listen to if you're interested at all in it, where they say, this is not legal advice. It is entertainment only. Don't take legal advice from a podcast. And I'd like to uh, mimic that here, although I don't know how you would ever have gotten the impression from the show that we've ever tried to give you legal advice. So our topic of the night, uh, we're doing a meta episode. We're just going to be talking about this podcast. Yeah, we, we've um, come to the end of a long road here. Um, and we'd like to t- kind of talk about, you know, what we've been up to and, and what you've been so nice to join us on. I got to tell you, Doug, um, a couple days ago, I checked in on our Podbean page and found that on that occasion, we have in total 555 exactly downloads all right. on our show. And I... I have to say, I'm pretty surprised that we ever uh, got to that many. I'm surprised we ever had one. Yeah. Um, besides, like, ourselves. Yeah. Or just me listening and listening to my own voice. Um, yeah. So what is our drink, uh, Chris? So we're going back to the very first episode with this one, um, which is not to say I haven't made it in the interim for the show. I have, I think, a couple of times. But it's my classic uh, Cosmo recipe, which I don't know if I've always admitted, even over the course of the show, that it is a Cosmo. I might have referred to it as like a martini once upon a time, but it is a Cosmo. Um, It's just my cranberry mix Cosmo. I like it a lot. It's it's really strong. I made it for the first episode of the podcast, and I'm making it again because I feel like it's, it's a proper way to close out. So, yeah, that's the drink. Um... We have kind of like a, a complex drinking game for the night, but there really is only kind of one rule, so we figured it would be acceptable for our last episode. Yeah, so our drinking game, uh, again, don't play this game while you're driving. Yeah, d- seriously, don't do that. I mean, don't— I don't think anyone has, No, but certainly people have listened to this podcast while they're driving, Zach and uh, Olivia. Yeah. I think that you people shouldn't drink—shouldn't play along— with us no, nor anybody else by the way that's not yeah. an exclusive straight uh statement nobody should be drinking and driving at any time Anywhere. including and especially not while listening to our podcast um but that being said so our, our drinking rules yes our drinking game uh for tonight is that every time we try to make a specific reference to an earlier episode of our show uh and we're talking really said. specific, like something that's that was said. Uh, yeah, either a direct quotation or an attempt to paraphrase a direct quotation. Yes. We take a drink. Um, we take two drinks if it's us paraphrasing someone else, uh, whether that's me paraphrasing Chris, Chris paraphrasing me, or uh, either of us paraphrasing a one guest. of our yeah. many guests. Mm-hmm. And then... Three drinks as if you are thereafter corrected because you were wrong about your paraphrasing of someone else's words. 
um, which is going to be hard to police because at a certain point you could just lie and say you're wrong about that. I remember it better. Um, but whatever. It's it's the grave we've dug for ourselves at a certain point. Well, certainly I wouldn't attempt to cheat on a drinking game. I wouldn't attempt to cheat by making other people drink more. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, um... Let's let's yeah, talk let's about what we've it. done here. I mean, when did we when so, did we first start? We had our episode zero, I believe, uh, in the Tom Clark Lounge at the University of Texas Law School. That's correct. And we talked about sort of for a very long time and without any drinks, um, like a year. It, yeah, it was about like this weird quantum theory thing. Oh, you're talking about the very first conversation conversation. Yeah, that was when we really. That was like I consider that conversation episode zero of our podcast. I'm trying to remember. You know what it was? Was this the conversation where it was you, me, and uh, Sam? Was this the one where we were sitting around and we were talking about, or was this the one where I told you that I had previously talked to Sam and we had ended up with this yes. this new structural view of the universe where we had decided that the only constant in the universe is a total lack of change. And the better you understand the levels of the systemic function of the universe, the better you understand that at each higher level, you get less and less change, less and less movement, less and less anything until you get to the highest level. I remember this conversation so well now. And at the very highest level, you realize that nothing ever happens, that the most fundamental principle of the universe is just the number zero. Nothing ever happens. Right. And I think, as always, we actually walked away with two very separate... Um, understandings of what that conversation was about? Yeah, understandings I couldn't agree more. of what that conversation was about. And with basically polar opposite mindset, like views. Yeah. Uh, Through conversation, natural. we became more radical. Yes. Right. Uh, so that was... It was like shortly after that that I started... We started joking about uh making a podcast right and i think that it was shortly after our first law school prom that i may have suggested to you that i had been talking around with people and there was a very serious interest in us actually doing it so what i think i don't think that was the first law prom i think i certainly by the second law prom we had decided to do it and we started our first episode like a week after that a week after the second law prom? Yes. Then it might have been the second law prom I, where I... And I think it was that second law prom where we truly decided to do it. Because that's when the name came about. Yes. Um, I think I originally was going to be like stand-up sophistry. Or uh, uh-huh. if that's not the name yet, I'm trademarking it now for my <laughs> solo career. Uh, but it was... Send yourself like, an email with like, uh, this is my or idea. Or like, yeah, sophistry in motion, I think was the idea. Yeah. And then... Later, I'm like, no, Sophist Symposium. Uh, and that's I think how you're, we got the name. I think you're... Uh, is that right? Or that that's going to be a really ringing, terrible noise. Sorry, everybody. Um, was that it? Or was it actually after the second ex parte that this happened? No. No? Um, because I was in a suit. Yeah. And we took a picture of me sitting on top of a downed uh, right next to it i still have that image yeah i'm well i'm sitting on the bar of it oh yes yeah i guess you're right yeah 
of a of like of, a traffic a down, sign. Yeah, a down traffic sign. That we were not responsible was... for, but we acted like we were for right. street cred reasons. Right. And uh that's it was certainly that night. Okay. Then yeah, that that would have been the second law problem. Um, that was when we were walking over to the bus to take us from the law school. Yes. Memories. Yeah, sorry, audience. This is going to be a lot of nostalgia um, and just kind of retracing our, our yeah. three years of steps in this conversation. But we hope it proves useful and interesting and entertaining. Um, so, yeah, we Doug and I had this idea that the sort of organic conversations that just sort of arose from us sitting there either tired or hyped up on coffee – or stressed out in between classes, or way too relaxed considering all the work that we had to do and responsibilities weighing on us, would just kind of sit in these nice big leather chairs that were set up in little four to a table circles, around Mm -hmm. tables, around the Tom Clark Lounge, sort of a central meeting point in the law school. We would plop down and kind of just start lazily chatting and very quickly it would turn into like some existential debate about like draw onlookers yes occasionally we would even actually draw on paper do you remember that one yeah yeah when we did like the timelines thing yes we also had a separate conversation with like douglas coonfield um we were trying to figure out how westeros could have like varying length of seasons that was when mr piala Yes. Became involved because yeah, Alex Piala was in that one. Um, he had all these, he had all of these understandings of like, well, what kind of inconsistent seasonal patterns could be supported by a solar system yeah. of orbit? And he basically he debunked a lot of theories, but he he offered some that were even more interesting. Right. So I I do remember that. Like, and we've had certainly other conversations. I remember the the piece of paper drawing that I remember. The chronology one is when we were trying to figure out what kind of time travel well, paradoxes could be supportable. Yeah, is so that right? I had that was part of it, and then we were drawing a timeline that was about like quantum immortality. Yes, that's right, quantum immortality, and that's what we drew a timeline for. So, like, yes, back in back that's in right my undergraduate days, I had a theory on, um, not on time travel, but on. My my pro- issue with like a multiverse theory, okay, is that it either has to be or it's it's limited in a certain way. So it's either that there's you can't travel between travels restricted between multiverses, um, or multiverses are are not uh infinitely different. Okay. Um, and the reasoning is because. If they were infinitely different and um, travel was uh, possible, then there would certainly be a universe where uh, there was a Douglas Staffen who was very interested in this universe's Douglas Staffen and decided to visit um, at this very moment and would appear in the room right now. Right. Uh, And yet he's not here, if you want to witness that. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty convinced, because I think that some reaction would have happened if that right. were true. Right, and to me, that means that either transportation is limited um, in some way that prevents that from happening, mm-hmm. or that the if there are uh, multiple universes, that they aren't infinitely varied. 
Yeah, I remember that. And I think that if I remember correctly, sort of the foundation of the argument we were having was about I had read and been generally impressed by this idea that the, the this notion that has been called quantum immortality, which I never figured out the proper way to support and defend because I hadn't properly understood all of the arguments or the papers behind it. But the essential argument was that you – so let's say multiverse. There are infinite different ways that you as an individual could survive. Mm-hmm. And there's and sort a thousand of, ways to die. And a thousand – exactly. A hundred million billion thousand yeah. ways to die. But yes, I, I see the reference <laughs> you're making. I do understand. Um, and the notion is this. Okay, so of all the possibilities – there are, you know, a thousand ways to die, and there are all these other ways in which you go forward. And of all the different universes in which you exist, there has to be sort of a one where you survive the longest. And the argument is that you as a consciousness must always – if and this is a very big if – if you believe that the way that multiverses separate is through decisions – call them decisions, quote-unquote – Whenever a thing could either go one way or another way or a series of ways, in whatever way you as an entity influence those decisions, they are being the splitting point of the universes. For every one of those splitting points, if each one goes different ways and some of them you as an entity cease to exist and some of them you continue to exist, you, the entity experiencing existence, only have one option. To continue to experience existence because you can't experience non-existence is the argument. So for every splitting point, you will always be on the path towards the longest life. Now, Doug's response was, hang on. What happens for splitting points where the end condition of your existence is delayed? So – and this was what you said to me. I remember this very well. So the argument was, okay – Let's say I decide I'm going to take left road instead of right road. I'm now paraphrasing. So this mm-hmm. is almost a drink because this is like a pre-episode episode. Yeah. Um, episode zero. Episode zero point something. It's a beta episode. Yeah. Um, so the argument is left road will lead to my demise, but right road will lead to my survival. And to remove all ridiculousness, we're just going to say left, lo- left road will always lead to my de- demise. There's not a later decision along left road that will result in me surviving. In one second, I decide upon going left. I exist as an entity for whatever, 10 minutes, until I encounter a truck that bowls me over and I, I'm dead. How does the universe know to take my existence along the right path instead of the left one? Because I'm still existing. I'm still experiencing existence. It's just down the road, I will then you know, stop experiencing existence. So how does quantum immortality survive that argument? See, the funny thing is Doug's kind of scratching his chin about like that, like, hmm. But the funny thing is I remember that being the exact criticism he had for my argument so long ago, a year and change ago, I would imagine. Yeah, um, I guess – well, we also talked about what immortality means. Yeah. Um, in the sense that like it, if that – there's that uh, – if there's that idea of um you can't experience unexistence right 
You can't uh, experience non-experience. Then not only does it mean you live the longest life, but you literally live forever. Right. Your own definition. You yeah, because you can't go down a decision series path uh, where you do – where you experience non-existence. Right. So you, you live for exactly as long as the entity that is you can judge what is infinite. Right. And I remember – we we went some ways on that. We did. Uh, we drew some pictures. Yeah, there were a lot of lines like, on the picture, a lot of yeah, tree branches. Yeah, and then we talked about how, um, because of my like transfer between universes thing being different, um, or you know, if you do believe that, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. was it was a lot of uh, it was a very fun conversation and. So these were the kinds of conversations that ended up creating the idea, the foundation for this show in general. Yeah. Was the idea that we could just – if we just sat down and started talking, we would reach we – would, we would kind of create the sort of magic that existed just organically when we sat down and chatted, which I think largely has been successful. I think so too. Because you know, so often – and I think this is kind of interesting. I'm not sure – I do this podcast. I don't do any other podcasts. I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I suspect that for most podcasts, there's sort of a lot of working working it up and sort of making sure that it works minute to minute on the show. That there's not just lengthy silences of like, oh, well, yeah. And or like there's there's not – but you know, like the, there's – it's technically set up so you don't just have a – typical kind of conversation i think between individuals which is kind of like there's off and on there's there's spurts and stops there's moments of silence and largely we haven't barely had to plan anything on this show and i do remember um there was one episode where i this is uh as some of you might know has been an experiment for me in audio production uh, yeah certainly i didn't know how to um edit audio for a podcast before and after quite a few Google searches, um, I can edit to the quality of this episode, which includes a, uh, an introduction, uh, which includes, uh, leveled audio. Yeah. Other things. I remember one episode I did this thing called, uh, truncating the silence, which, yes. Removes a lot of the filler silence. It was the um, the the word episode, the good word. Right. I was listening recently, and it, it's a really good episode. But I I felt very frustrated listening to it because you know a lot of words are lost, and it it, it sounds like all of us are really hopped up on coffee because when we get excited, it would be like, and you know what really what we have to think about is that you know it, it it's like it, it, and it, because. <laughs> Because the, the areas around the words that define the words are just shredded out. It's very interesting listening to. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest. I'm a very lazy editor. Um, usually what I do is I'll check the beginning. I'll check like a couple segments in the middle. And it used to be when I have to combine two audio tracks, which was the worst experience in the world. Yeah, that was... especially. Uh... That was season one of the podcast, right. and like they wouldn't sync because one of our computers 
turned the recording into like a 45 minute recording and the other computer turned it into a 46 minute recording. Right. And trying to like say, trying to get those to sync up was so bad. Uh, so we eventually got a soundboard. Um, yeah. And that part at least has been better. Yeah, and that's when I really looked into audio editing. And I think overall, uh, the audio quality has improved from episode to episode. Yeah, I think it's been pretty good. Um, um, I've been really proud of the intro music. I think that it's very professional sounding. Uh, so that's been really cool. Yeah. Uh, some listener didn't like it. No? Huh. You told me about that. You're right. Yeah. No, you're right. I thought you were talking well, about something else. Um, no, it's true. Uh, yeah. The the I only mean, yeah, the only thing we never really implemented was outgoing music, which I mean to a certain extent when someone's done with a podcast, they're done with the podcast. Like in my experience, I've never sat through listening to the end music of any show. It's always been like, yeah. okay, the show is over. Like if I want more content, I'll listen to another podcast. Um Yeah. So there's that. And I do remember after um, the episode with Emily Eby, who has her own podcast now. That's correct. Uh, we can plug that again. Yeah, I'd love to plug it. It's called something. It's like Make Me Care. It's um, called Care for Free. Care for Free. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Doug. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I listened to the first 15 minutes of the first episode um yeah here let me just until yeah until they got to the point where like they got into the meat of things and then i'm like well i have to study for exams this is promising i'll listen to it later and then things kind of yeah yeah and it still is it's just now i have to pack up everything and you know yeah i uh yes that's right i was right it's called care for free okay. and the idea of the show is i believe this is a paraphrasing of their description but it's two good friends try to make each other care about something within i don't know i think they give themselves like an hour for the show yeah so i remember um, like one of the episodes was uh and the titles of the episodes are the things they're trying to get each other to care about so like their second episode was magic carp and naruto yeah yeah their first episode was like wilt chamberlain and something i i saw their most recent is like st- it was it was a word I did not recognize, and then another idea I didn't recognize. Yeah, listen to the show. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's a fun time, and I think the whole idea is that they're trying to educate each other, and by default, educate you, the audience, because the reality is that if they if one of them hasn't heard about it, you probably haven't either. Um, or if you have heard about it, the point is that they're trying to make each other interested in it. So it's like an interesting, yeah, it's like a fun ride. Um, so best of luck to them. I think they're going to make every effort to keep that going yeah, after and, law school. So yeah. And the two of them are wonderful people who yeah. are incredibly smart, really charismatic, um, and certainly put on a good show. Yeah. So give them a shot. Um, boy, you really have to like us as people to like this episode. So we've this never is... advertised any for anything before. I think. No, I, oh no. You know what? We have advertised video games. <laughs> Um, I've advertised, I have advertised like other podcasts and YouTube channels. Um, I've definitely shilled out that one, but like that one actually, this one just now actually felt like a plug. That right there was almost like a funded (laughs) effort. Like to the extent that it was like a solid, like processional of like, 
you should give this a try. Here's what you should know about yeah. it. You know. Um, yeah. And if uh, David and Emily don't give us money, I could edit it out before I put this live. Well, the problem is you're about to not edit that statement out, so now it's going to be like this weird – we're going to have this this weird time capsule in history where in years to come we'll look back and we were sitting here in this room like, we want money. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's get back to talking about the actual topic to the extent we have one. Well, um, certainly we've been talking about – what it means to produce a podcast. Absolutely. And absolutely. Podcast is, um, yeah. And, and that is yeah. definitely part of the conversation. You're right. Um, you know, producing a podcast has been an interesting I, and experience. I'd like, to think, I'd like to think that we inspired them to some degree to actually do it because they're like, oh, well, if those two can do it. I will at least hope that we help demonstrate some of the things for one to think about when making a podcast. So that they can improve on the model that we've so negligently thrown into the air. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about how our podcast evolved. Yeah. A bit, because Here's what's interesting. In the very first episode, I remember this. We were sitting in a different apartment. We had barely planned this. We had just your laptop sitting at the table. And I believe I even... We weren't sitting in my bedroom no. either. We were sitting in a living room. In a living which room. Which had like the worst echo. Cavernous echoes. Yeah. Because and... it was a huge living room. Um, I remember we kind of had like a, a cold, uh, like we kind of had a cold feet moment right before the show where you started giving a little bit of an intro and we stalled out and you kind of looked at me and you were like, I'm not really sure how to do this. Like, do you remember this? I remember this moment where you were like, hello and welcome. And you were like, uh, I, I, I don't know I what do. to say. I, I, I remember it now. I, I don't know, like, you know, how do we do this? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I was kind of trying to be supportive and like, yeah, just, I mean, just start talking. I'll start talking and let's just see what happens. And very quickly. <laughs> That's been this whole show. And it's true. And, and here's yeah. what's funny is that at the very end of the episode, I remember you looked at me and you were like, it's amazing how much I forgot that we were doing a show. And it's harder to forget these days because now we have like this whole microphone set up right in front of our face where like I can tell you. About 70% of my image is just the pop filter on my mic. I'm just staring through a pop filter and I can barely see anything. But I think that from the start, there's always been the kind of this feeling of like, we really just are having a conversation. I mean, we try to bring in the audience. We try to bring in the host wherever we can. But at a certain point, Doug and I are just chatting. And I think that we've nailed that. We've at least yeah. nailed that for and the course we've of had, we, we had We've had a few discussions about rules. Yes, um, we tried. Yeah, and we tried to be as lawless as we could. Yes, we, we have but, fought for anarchy. Yeah, but we figured out a couple of structural rules um, that have, I think, made our show better. Um, at first, we didn't know how to end our show. No. So our first episode ends very abruptly because Chris had, like, paused the show to mix a second picture because yes. we just finished your first and i'm like yeah let's just stop there right and i remember that was kind of like a but there's more to say but on the other hand it's kind of like yeah but for how long yeah and um, also we had to go that's true we also had nightly and that's another interesting thing is that so many almost all of our episodes have been naturally constrained by the reality that we or we all to the extent we've had guests have been trying to make it out 
to hang out with our friends. Yeah, these have been pre-games. Yes. Because on Thursday nights, when we recorded the majority... Hey, this is a Thursday. This is a Thursday night. All right. We did this correctly. Yeah. yeah. Um, on Thursday night, when we recorded the majority of these episodes, the law school uh, had a bar review. Bar um, review, being the traditional yeah. ceremonial and now, Thursday night going out festival. Right, and now we actually have bar review. Yes, we are literally reviewing um, for the bar exam now, um, which we will take in July. Uh, so, and and here's the interesting thing. So I'm thinking back on some of the things that we discussed. I remember once upon a time, very early on, yeah, so, well, I wanted to do a show notes at the beginning of each episode to discuss the previous episode because right. I would to always go like back. Commentary. Well, I would always go back and listen to the prior episode in the intervening week. And I would kind of listen and I would think about, oh, I, I wish I had addressed this. Or I would say, oh, my God, it, it sounds like you know we totally ignore this thing that we just said we were going to talk about. Or right. we would say something that makes sense to us in the room but is like impenetrable to an audience member. And I remember suggesting early on, well, why don't we just take like two or three minutes to just say at the beginning of the episode, hey, uh, by the way, this, this, and this. And I think Doug right, rightly said that's not a good idea because we're just going to get drowned in – talking about the old episode. It's never going to end, and we're never going to get on to the episode that we're actually trying to talk about. And it also kind of makes each episode not a self-contained experience. It requires a person to have like a, a episodic uh, attention to the show that isn't warranted. Right. Now, what I realized we could do just now is that we could have um, – we have the power to go back and add written addendums show notes. to yeah, – written show notes or just – even verbal addendums to uh, prior shows. We can do and that. And tack them on to the end of our shows if we so desire. Yeah, that's um, true. You make a good point. And find the time and ability to do it. Yeah. Uh, so but, so a lot of this has been very kind of mechanically talking about what we've been doing. But do you want to... Well, I want to I talk about the endings because that was one of the few rules we right. imposed. Um, the second episode, I remember... Not enjoying it as much because that was the uh, – we talked about like the Descartes. We talked about Cartesian uh, dualism and stuff. Yeah, which is like the Matrix thing. Yes, very, very much so. And I'm not a huge like fan of that discussion. So I remember by the end, um, I ended it literally by saying podcast out. I remember that. And I realized like after doing that that that's not – and Chris pulled me aside, and he's like, that was kind of rude, and I'm, I agreed. Uh, and what we started doing was we did these final thoughts, um, because we discussed that, and that's like a way for each of us to get something in right at the end. Uh, and I think it's been a fantastic way to end yeah. a show. And and especially knowing that it was coming, you kind of had this opportunity over the course of the show to not just respond in the moment, but be thinking about, you know, in a larger sense, what's interesting to me about this? What are we talking about and what are we not talking about? What what ways can you sort of fit this in with a, a larger idea? And I think that's what's been so valuable about the final thoughts is that, one, you should know that we've been – and we'll talk about this too in a minute. We've been very serious about the ambush style of this show. I mean we really haven't communicated to each other with like one – one exception. We really haven't communicated with each other about the topic of the show. Which exception was that? Jack. Is, 
Well, also we this knew ep- about Jack's yeah. episode. Okay, also this episode. This one too, but it's a little different. Yeah. Um, but Jack's episode was the only one. I, I think this counts as a drink, probably. Yeah. But Jack's episode was the only one where we had some idea pre the episode of what we were. Each of us knew what was going to be talked about. Um. Yeah. Um, and that. Just... But it, sorry. Anyway, to, to just quickly finish the thought. The good thing about the final thought has been over the course of the episode, not beforehand, not planned, having the opportunity to think so deeply about the subject because you know that it's not just about the next thing that's been said or the prior thing that's been said or the course of the conversation right now. It's about what can I say that's meaningful about this in the final accounting of the idea. And and that's been really valuable. It's also the drunkest we ever are. Yes, uh, over the course of the episode. Uh, so which it's... is fantastic for summarizing because I believe I've said in earlier episodes, uh, memory of a goldfish is yeah. something that kind of exists uh, throughout the night. I believe that was the episode with Kyle, which was like the only non-law student who's ever been on the show. Yes, I believe that's true. Uh, it Kyle... may have been while the podcast was paused. Yeah. Uh, occasionally we pause for a uh, break. Yes, um, which I think is is rarely noticeable. Yeah, so it, that's been good. But we usually have to like readdress where we were in the conversation and play the last little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but not too much. I mean, and that's kind of where I wanted to jump in with. I think what's been a very unique and cool thing about the show has been the fact that in mo- on most occasions, at least one person in the room always one of the hosts, doesn't know what the conversation is going to be about. But sort of the natural flow of the conversation from that ignorance. Because we've never had a problem having a conversation, is the thing. And I think that that's kind of an interesting like commentary on what it takes to have a valuable conversation. Because we started the show... Minute one, we called it Sophist Symposium. We were very serious about this idea of knowing nothing, what can we glean? What valuable right. thing right. can yeah, we... Yeah, starting, starting from your own start point without merely parroting um, what the greats have said before you. Right. What can you, what can you bring to the table? Yeah. And certainly that's what I'd like... Uh, that's what this podcast has been about for me. If if I could say it's been about anything other than us having a decadent, uh, fun time, yeah, uh, is simply seeing how far we could get on our own, right? Just just starting from the position of I don't know much, and you don't know anything, but let's see what we can do with yeah. that. And and I, and I think there's something very, you know, there, there's something very hearkening back to that sort of sophist like Greek philosopher tradition about that because I think when people look back. They often look at that age as something like a lot of people working together, realizing, yo, we really don't know anything. Like right. the extent of our like firm knowledge is virtually null. Yeah, I think Socrates was like, all I know is I know nothing. Uh, yeah. One of the things I find fantastic about the podcast is it kind of follows that experience. Like it's a form follows function thing yeah. in the way we learned how to do a podcast in the in almost entirely the same way yeah um like this is a sophist production of a podcast absolutely and i think you make a very good point and you know i've i've long said on the show um doug you're not really a podcast fan you don't really listen to many yeah um 
I listen to plenty, but I've never looked into the science of the production of a podcast, nor have I ever like tried to give tips to Doug on how to do it. So in a lot of ways, he's really right. I mean, we are operating from, it's not even reverse engineering a podcast. It's like reinventing the wheel. And I think that that's what yeah, we've done topic by topic. And that's what we've been doing on the whole endeavor. So it's it's very interesting how that's worked out for us. So I I think we should talk about um favorite moments. Okay. A lot and just like Um could could I before we jump into that, okay. could I just say a, a, a little thing? Yeah. And this is gonna kind of um I, I you know what? No. Let's wait with it. Let's do your thing. We're gonna yeah. talk about favorite moments. Uh, yeah, and certainly we can categorize favorites. Um, sure. In, in many different ways. And I think Chris is going to have uh, far more nuanced answers than mine because he's gone back and I have um, um, looked at the podcast a lot more than I have. I, I listen to the show a lot. Um, I've overheard the show in Zach's car Yeah. Um, as he's driving me somewhere, and that's about it. Um, I, I did listen to an episode on my own, and it's funny because you were talking about how uh, we sounded like we were, you know, high on caffeine uh, in one of Zach's episodes. But then when I listened to the podcast, I had to turn up the speed to like 1.5 or two po- or two times as yeah. much because like that's just how I have to listen to things nowadays. Otherwise, everything sounds really slow. Yeah, you're, you're just used to a quicker pace of it. And that's very common actually with anybody who listens to podcasts is they tend to speed it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, if, you know... A little bit, maybe sometimes twice as fast. Um, yeah, so do we want to talk categories of favorite moments? I mean, yeah. do you have any? Well, I was going to bring this up earlier in uh, favorite final thoughts. Okay. Um, and if I can offer mine first. Go for thinking. it. Uh, my favorite final thoughts were yours when you on the determinism episode. Uh, because I felt they were really inspirational hmm. in a way that we haven't met, like done again uh, since. But uh, it was it, it took this idea that like a deterministic world is one where you know you're you have no mouth and must scream uh, to one where like it's it's very to a world of comfort. So it's it's going from kind of existential futility to a sense of utter zen. Yes. Yeah. Or like comfort in your place. No, yeah. You know what? Now that you're talking about it, I remember. I think what I said kind of generally was once you truly accept and believe that all of this is already pre-decided, you don't have to stress second to second about doing everything you need to do or being everything you need to be because life is not a series of making the right choices it's a series of discovering who you are and who you will be right yeah and well i you know i <laughs> good point all right that might even be 3 um you know that's interesting and i and i really appreciate you uh finding that exact thing from me so early in the show um the show's history, like an early episode. I believe it was 
the fourth episode. I think you're yes, that that's right. Um I think that my favorite set of final thoughts was from your um jester episode. Yeah. Because I think we had the opportunity to look at and this is my favorite way. My my really favorite way of looking at things is to take something over the course of either time or over the course of different subject matters and have the opportunity to comment on its grand sort of value with the highest level of commentary on the thing. And the opportunity you provided all of us in the Jester conversation was to talk about what does it mean to be a comedic commentator on anything? And to be able to have the opportunity to talk about, like, do we care? Why do we care? Should we care about the different rules that apply to those who do parody? Artisans, as you say, like uh, Jon Stewart. And I know I'm getting that right. Yes. Um, and, I, and I thought that was a really fun opportunity to have a full conversation that was self-contained, but also get that final thoughts moment where we got to elevate it to the next level. And I thought that when you provided us that opportunity to take the whole conversation and then elevate it was something really, it was like the best example of what can be done with the final thoughts. So I, I thought that that was my favorite, I'll say. All right. Um, this question specifically for you, because I can't actually answer it, but I'm curious for you, um, just, just in general, and you can certainly give me a favorite on this uh what's the difference between living an episode and then re-watching it yeah um and you then, know like which one is your favorite and are they different they are different um so this is going to get very kind of metaphysical because it is something that, especially now when it's our last chance to live an episode, and I'm kind of full of all those nostalgic thoughts about it. Um, I'll tell you that whenever I would listen to like the most recent show, the experience was largely looking forward to things that I remember, getting frustrated about things that I wish had gone better. Or kind of just waiting during parts of the conversation where it's not even that that conversation part isn't something you like or feel valuable or feel was good time, but you're just, again, you're, you're waiting on something coming up. So it ends up being like this kind of weird truncated highlight reel where it's like, and I felt I felt the urge on many occasions when listening to an older episode to like skip ahead to like ooh because I know that at like thirty four minutes fifty seconds like we really get into something or something like that. Um, so it's very it's very like a TiVo kind of experience. Once you've lived the episode, going back to it is very much like you have your favorite moments. You know your favorite moments even before you begin listening. You are excited about those and you're often impatient through the moments where they're not happening, which is weird because I, I really don't know what it's like to experience the show from the perspective of just a listener, because 
they're listening for the whole thing for the whole the first time. Right. It's weird. So anyway, to answer your question, how is that different from living it? Living the show, I will admit that there are definitely moments where I'm like, I, something will happen in the show, and I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to listen to that later. But most of the show is like this really awesome, like, I'm here in this moment having this conversation. And I'm not really thinking about what it's going to sound like later, which is why on a lot of occasions I've definitely had to like check myself on like, I just talked for way too long or like, <laughs> I, I know I'm doing it right now. I just well, talked for I, way too I long. I asked you a question where only you could answer it. Yeah. And I figured this was going to be a time where uh, you were going to talk. A, a little bit. Yeah. I, I'm almost done. But it's just like the idea is basically you, you know, right after something is over that either A, you're talking too much or like you feel like, oh my god, I just interrupted that person and it wasn't called for and, and I feel like I'm stepping on everyone's toes and wasting everyone's time or I'm, I'm coming off sounding like I'm so full of myself and just love the sound of my own voice, whatever. But those moments are always kind of an afterthought because there's so much of just being here. And that's the difference. Right, and then to tie on to that, um, I asked if your favorite episode – uh, that you listened to was different than the favorite episode, Living Through It. Ooh. And I was wondering if you could... You said that they were different, I think. Um, Or do you think that? Let me th let me really think about this, because... It's certainly hard to give an instant answer. Yeah, I... I'll tell you that I think The Jester is maybe my favorite episode to listen to. But it's just sort of been my favorite one for the past few months to listen to and certainly this is a freeze frame of our yes mood right now um because tastes change but i think that probably i think maybe my favorite episode to do was the constitutional unconvention <laughs> yeah and i think the reason why is because it's so hard to relive the emotional experience you have in an episode but I can tell you, like, for a little, you know, statist lefty like me who – and, you know, everyone who knows me knows that I've been goofing off acting like, uh, you know, oh, actually, uh, I'm a super hardcore communist for years, um, which has been a meme. It, it's been a meme the entire time, although Doug and I have, you know, talked about this idea of, you know, at a certain point, does the meme sort of overtake the self – Right. With that kind of joke, if it's going on for that long. But I will definitely say that very honestly, I'm certainly on the left economically, and I believe in a strong state government, like state, like with the capital S, a strong government, central government. And then there's Parks, who's very conservative, libertarian. He believes in the individual to make good decisions. And us and sitting. For most appearances? I'm sorry? Our, and tied for most appearances on our show, I think. Or did he only have two? He only had two. Okay. Right. We were going to have a part we two. We were going to, yeah. Ooh, sorry. But in, in any event, it was so it was so valuable for me to sit there and have that emotional moment of like, we all agree, the three of us, about all of these fundamental underpinnings of government. And that was surprising in a really positive way to me. I was expecting like, oh, we're going to just be duking it out for like 20 minutes about like, should we have a central government at all? But it wasn't that. 
And mm. so that was something like that. And that's what I mean when I say living it is so much of like just being there and being there and having that emotional positive experience is so different from listening back to it. How is was that episode listening to it? Because I could foresee it actually being a terrible listening experience. I don't think comparatively. so. But I will say that it's very disappointing compared to how I felt recording it. Right. And that is a large part of like – because so often, like I said, re-listening to an episode is, for me, a lot about reliving the po- the good moments. And where those good moments can't be confined to really excellent like, man, that sounded good. Or like, yeah, that banter was awesome. Or like that monologue someone gave is like – Hmm, that's thought worthy. When it's not necessarily that, it's less interesting to listen back to, but it may still be, nevertheless, super valuable to be a part of. Well, I suppose I could at least answer my half of the question, which was favorite episode. Um, It's hard to say. Uh, Favorite episode I've listened to is probably because the only episode I listened to was um, the episode with Emily Eby mm-hmm. uh, because I was bored over spring break and I didn't want to work and it was the most recent episode. So you popped it back in? Yeah, so I And it was it definitely one in. that you gave a lot of thought to because you had been thinking about doing that episode for months. Yeah, and while I was doing the ep- or. You know, I was ready for that to be my magnum opus for Doug-led episodes. Yeah. Um, In the sense that, like, it was something I really wanted to talk about and that I'd prepared uh, for a while and I was excited to talk about it. And you had a guest that you had specifically prepared it for. Right. And I think it was a good episode. It was good. Um, Certainly my friend uh, and commentator for the show uh, enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it did begin between Doug and I, a kind of rift, uh, hostile yeah. artistic uh, differences. Artistic difference where we started to use the phrase hashtag illusory and ephemeral, yes. just to dig at each other. Which here's the thing, and I want to make this very clear. I recognize, and and here's the other thing. You said something during the show, and I'd like to actually tag this, okay, as a favorite moment. And it, I think it's going to be my favorite meta commentary. Okay. Favorite meta commentary of the entire everything was when Doug looked at me during the um, fully integrated person episode and said, you know, Chris, one of the versions of our uh, like images that we were going to use for the um, – yeah, use for the, the uh, podcast like background was going to be – that episode of uh, School of Athens, um, where, and here's where I, when it ends, Plato looks up, Aristotle looks down, points <laughs> down, yeah. and you said to me, it's it's very typical that on any given topic, one of us is pointing up and the other is pointing down. Typically, Chris, you're pointing up, and you know, Doug, you said you're you tend to be pointing down, but sometimes it flips, right? And and I. I thought about that, and I was really taken with how right that was. And you can tell me, was I wrong about any part of that? So well, I have to take I don't know three drinks I or two? Said, I don't know if I ever said one of us specifically does it more than the other. Huh. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll but be... But certainly that's drink-worthy. 
Yeah, and I and I well maybe it's just the commentary sort of I added in my head was you know it really feels like I tend to be pointing up because I always have these cockamamie like notions right. and like bright-eyed like perfect ideas about like oh but the whole universe it all just works and on this one occasion I was like no this is ridiculous you just like make up but I don't know what it is man there was something about that yeah. idea that just it didn't strike me right and well in and it's... I will I will say by the way in the aftermath yeah i have certainly admitted to you when you've correctly criticized some idea that i've had as being illusory and ephemeral i've certainly said you're absolutely right <laughs> it is i'm not going to argue with you i will say that i might still like it but i'm not going to argue that that's a wrong criticism so we can at least say that right Doug? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah certainly it uh it supplied us with a bit with a little bit of a joke yeah um, between ourselves. A little dig. A little yeah. rib nudging, as they might say. Yeah. Uh, but, gosh, and that was one of the reasons I didn't listen to more episodes, is because, like, I don't know, listening through that, it's like when you go through an argument you had during, uh, while you're taking a shower, and, like, you win every argument when you're in the shower, in your head. Um, and certainly that's how it felt, like, while I was there, listening to it. And I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't want this experience because I don't want to go back on other podcasts and suddenly resent, you know, something that one of us has said. Um, I see. So for you, sort of the dialogue, the dialogue continues beyond the, just the episode. And it's hard to go back to like a freeze frame of those first initial thoughts that we all had on a subject. Um is that fair is that like a fair characterization of what you're saying? Sure. And I mean that's that's partially it, but also it's like I want um I mean I I nitpick a lot. Okay. Uh typically it's myself, but like when we're when we're in the spirit of the discussion and we get into it, you know, I'm no longer I'm speaking as I'm thinking instead of thinking before speaking. Right. And that leads to a different sort of conversation. Yes. One where I'm not as... Exp I realize I'm not as expressive as I'd like to be, um, certainly, because I'm typically unable to express my full um, understanding of a situation when while I'm speaking. Right. Uh, and if I'm writing a conversation, like in text messages or over Facebook, usually I do a couple of edits. Uh, as I sweep through it, because certainly I use the wrong word all the sure. time. Uh, you have the opportunity to look at it, think about it, and then yeah. send a, a well-collected thought. Whereas here, it's – I mean we really are presenting the audience with like these unfiltered, like hot takes, like unedited, whatever is just flowing out of our mouth at that moment. Right. I mean I remember – um, and my my thing is, I understand the value of that, and certainly I, I mean that was part of the way I set this up because I think I was the one who had the idea that we should go ad hoc like all of the time, absolutely, um, because I see the value in it. But that doesn't mean that I'm not embarrassed while listening to it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I you know since we're talking about favorites, I'll I'll, I'll describe um, my. I never got around to what my favorite episode was. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I got carried away. I stopped thinking about it. Your favorite episode to live. 
Yeah, because certainly I only had one episode uh, that I listened to. Yeah. My favorite episode to live through... I don't know if I can give a committed answer, but I'm going to say the episode with... um, the one where we discussed apocalypses. The one with Kyle. It was yeah, the uh, uh, seeking, for, seeking, seeking a, a lawyer, lawyer for, for the end of the world. world. That's right. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that episode. It was a lot of fun. Um, that was a lot of fun, that episode. And it was, it was something a little new for us because all the prior episodes had kind of been like something intentionally a little bit heady. But I, I tried something a little bit experimental where I realized that the sort of high-level content of the episode would be a little bit limited, and a lot of the moment-to-moment content would be kind of silly. Right. But I thought that that would be kind of a fun change. Right, and between that episode and I believe the episode immediately before it, which was the one about um, governance, sort of. Yes, um, when we talked about video games. Yeah, and the trash can theory. That's right. Those two, two, I feel, are... Fantastic examples of um, those two are the best of the season, in my opinion. Absolutely, um, and very good episodes of what we were trying to do with the yeah. podcast before we started focusing on inviting guests and having conversations. Absolutely, because they're each the kind of conversation that would emerge organically from like a silly nothing, but very quickly become like, wait, hang on, let's really think about that for a second. And I think that when we started the show we had this idea that we needed to shoot for the important, but we forgot that the entire point was that we were supposed to get there organically. Right. Yeah. And there have certainly been episodes where one of us just decides to lecture the other on the topic, which yeah. are unfortunate. Not as good. But Not yeah. as good. I mean, we can say that. I mean, yeah. But, you know, it's sort of... A I think it's a, of... it's a valuable learning experience for everyone involved, right. I think. Um Sure, they have their own value, but I think we can all say that they're not as good um, for our purposes. Yeah, certainly they're not what either of us wanted. Or uh... so, like for I, I will say I was going to say this um, based on a something you mentioned a little bit earlier, which is like you know it's a little bit tough to listen back sometimes. I'll say that my favorite, and by favorite I mean least favorite, um, embarrassing moment for myself over the course of the entire show is I think this was season one. And I think at one point you you said something to me, and it was something to the effect of like, well, don't lawyers provide a valuable service? I think this was actually the, the Apocalypse episode. Okay, so you say this, but I have something to say about that exact moment. Okay. Um, and I responded something like, no, I think lawyers just sh- like skim off the top of human misery. And every time I listen back to that section where I, I just start saying these really negative, like – really low opinion things about the entire profession. I cringe because I'm like, I don't really believe those things. I don't know what possessed me in the moment to start acting like, you know, everything we work for is like this ridiculous cosmic joke of like, Oh, lawyers are just like truly evil people who don't provide any value in the universe. And that is, I will admit is something that I've been really embarrassed about every time that I thought back to that. So I think it's fashionable for lawyers to say that in the same way it's fashionable for law students to hate law school, Uh Um, which is, you know, something I've always sort of noted is that like, we joke about it all the time, how awful law school is. And it's sort of like, you don't 
yeah, it's a faux pas for someone to say, "Hey, this is great, man." Yeah, like I loved learning about property today. No, you know, you're or, right. Yeah, this reading's been great. Um, and in the same way, you know, it's it's kind of a faux pas for lawyers to uh, not make that self dig. Right. So, but I was thinking when you said um, most embarrassing, I was thinking, and I immediately turned to that exact moment when I'm trying to explain like this efficiency theory and like multipliers on top of multipliers and where lawyers fall into that. Because like we were pretty far gone by that point in the episode. And I remember explaining this and like your, your friend Kyle was like bug eyed because he thought it was brilliant, I guess like, you know, some weird revelation. And I went back while I was editing to listen through it. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm just drunkenly rambling. Like, what the... I'm not even speaking coherently. Like, I know what I'm trying to say, and I am not saying it. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's actually also my most embarrassing moment in the podcast that I've listened to, uh, going back on it, because it's so, like... I'm, you know, it's it's such a inability yeah. there. No, it's... It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I did such a terrible job of explaining what I was trying to explain. And it's funny because, you know, it's not the way I remember it at all. Because for me, it's kind of what I talk about with these, the lulls and then the highlights. I don't even notice that because for me, it's just the, the last moments of the lull before the highlight of me embarrassing myself and my craft in front of whatever audience that we have or will ever have. So it, it's kind of funny how uh, those two perspectives resolve. Yeah. Um, so next favorite, um, unless you have one to bring up. Um, I'm I'm still kind of puzzling through what I would put in my categories. Uh, right, uh, favorite guest. Oh, that's really tough, man. I know to I, say that. I um, love all my children equally, but I especially love uh, Zach every time he's been on the show. Here's here's what I'm going to do instead. I'm not going to say who my favorite guest is. Instead, I'm going to say my favorite guest appearance. Okay. That's fair. And I think that my favorite... That's probably how I should have worded it. This is really hard. And, I, and I'm trying to really think in terms of, like, what was brought to the table. Yeah, if I can go with favorite guest appearance, I'd say, actually, Doug Coonfield's episode. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like he's more than anyone I know, except maybe like Emily Eby and David Holmes. He's like suited for a podcast. Yeah. He, he really, everyone I know who's not in a podcast right now, um, he is incredibly suited for a podcast. I think that, okay. Oy. So, so let me do this. Because I was just running through the matrix in my head of, like, who brought the most, like, independent stuff to the conversation versus who brought the most self to the mm -hmm. conversation. So I think there's no question that when Emily came, she brought a kind of, like, self to the conversation that genuinely changed the dynamic between you and me. Because without her, it's very much like... You know, we butt heads a little bit, but not in like a mean right, way. Right, but when, but when Evie was here, the band. it was like 
let's all just like you know kumbaya like basked in the warmth of each other's knowledge or whatever like it, yeah. it was a really warm experience in here so there's that part of it and on the opposite spectrum so like there's the like, reverse yoko i know sure but on the revo- the reverse like end of the spectrum you have like parks who when he came especially for oh, no, um, constitutional un- <laughs> oh, no, <O-Koi. laughs> um especially when he came for the unconvention yes it was like Jumping all of these, like, I've got something to add to this. And it's it's hard to resolve, man. I think I think if I had to pick my favorite my favorite guest episode to live through, I'll say it was Emily's episode. That's what I'll say. Alright. I feel like we also kind of squandered Josh Windsor because he is an intellectual powerhouse. Yeah. And like we kind of we we gave him a topic that he was obligated not to really yeah go through with right us. and it was well not just that but we gave him a topic where he had he already had his complete train of thought yes and again if part of our show is building our own like understanding of a situation his was right. already built so we kind of there's that but another thing I was thinking about was maybe that's sort of its own interesting experiment for an episode is two people trying to glean something and one person who feels confident they've already got it. Yeah. It's like it, it's sort of its own idea. So that's how I kind of justify it to myself in retrospect. Yeah. I mean, it's it was certainly just circumstantially uh, unique. Unique. And we weren't prepared, I guess, for certainly that sort not. of no the conversation because we definitely stumbled through it in a few places yeah i tried to figure out i thought it was going to go a completely different direction but it went the direction it was it went and you know yeah like, and i'm still i still enjoy that episode yeah um yeah so i i'm, I'm thinking about do you have any other favorites well, that i guess i was going to ask you do you have you felt any other like wasted opportunities because that was okay. sort of mine a wasted opportunity yeah. um It, you know, I, I really can't think of any that I was really like, you know, we really should have something else with yes. this. I mean, and I'm not going to talk about like episodes we just couldn't do because of. Um, that's different. Yeah, because that's a different thing. Like we we have lives. Uh, we were busy and law students. As do our potential yeah, guests. Yeah, and I as mean, do our potential guests. And it's like if we couldn't have a guest on, that's not really a wasted opportunity. That's just a circum. It is what it is. Yeah. Um. Other than – I mean I really can't think of any that I would say is – well, that was truly a, a sort of in retrospect to any extent regrettable conversation the way it went or the topic or anything like that. I, I just don't really see that. Um, of course not. You're a determinist. No, of course not, right? There are no regrets. <laughs> Why have regrets? Because who makes decisions anyway? Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I, I guess I just don't have any. Uh all right, you're certainly, uh, you you can certainly ask questions on the favorites, etc. Yeah, line we're going on, and I'd yeah. like to hear a, like just a sort of question that you'd have on that. Yeah, I, I guess 
do you have all the easy ones do you and this is this is hard because it relies upon recollection but did you have ever a favorite moment just like a moment like a crystallized moment of living the podcast where it was like this right here right now you feel good about like that's going to be a great moment on the show or that's a really great point or that's like the banter is really solid right now or just something where there was a moment in a show where you felt like this is really good right now um you're right that this is a little hard to uh say for me given that it relies so much on memory and also i'm pretty sure like whatever my actual favorite moment was was probably lost to um the alcohol we drink however uh i actually think about 30 minutes ago uh or Hmm. so was one of if not my actual favorite moment uh just thinking that like we you know started from the bottom (laughs) now we're here uh okay so i suppose i'll i'll go with that okay um chris you know i actually think it probably is the meta moment that i mentioned a minute ago about a a minute ago whatever amount of time ago where i said it was that moment where you were like you know chris so often one of us is pointing up and the other is pointing down and you know that moment was sort of where i was like huh but and this is the other problem is that there there was another moment and I cannot remember exactly when or in what episode it was, but there have been from time to time a moment of banter that's just so like it's back and forth. It's like really snappy time-wise, like conversation usually when there's a guest and it's just like – it just sounds like a group of people who really have it together in terms of – like snappy like clapbacks and like oh i say this you say that like a yeah. little developing joke that just naturally and i always whenever i, I listen to those like moments the coonfield episode was fantastic for that it had tons of those man yeah and that's always puts a huge smile on my face because i'm like oh man like me and my friends we just have a good time together um and it's the kind of thing that honestly in the in the grand procession of time is ultimately going to be the valuable part of these is remembering and having these sort of time capsule moments of these conversations with our friends which I've mentioned in a prior episode is maybe the entire point in the yeah. in the in the final certainly, estimation of years certainly um it became our goal with the podcast after the first season, yeah, uh, when we started including guests with every episode, uh, yeah. Did you have a favorite topic of all the shows we've done? Favorite topic, boy. Uh, I mean, I really, really liked the jester topic. It was really good. Um, no doubt, because it was something that would that had been troubling me. Uh. And naturally, also the uh, the fully integrated person was a favorite topic. Yeah. To the extent that I actually prepared that conversation um, for it, 
and because I love those, uh, and still do love those, that lecture so much. And think about how different those two things are. I mean, one is maybe the broadest topic we've ever done because of the order of years involved in just understanding what we're even talking about. And the other is maybe the narrowest in terms of not the idea presented, but certainly right. the, the source material. Right. And I mean, I like do... you said, it was a close reading. Right. Like about as narrow as you can get. Yeah. And I do feel like it's a little egotistical that both of my favorite topics were my own topics. But I think that's like it's going to be a very substantial burden for the favorite topic to be someone else's topic. I mean, because certainly we bring the things we want to talk about to certainly. the table. I, it's one of those things where it's like you can only do so much with your picking the topic. The conversation is what you live with and you live through. And like to whatever extent Doug knew the like three or four general topic areas of the Jester conversation, there would have been no way to predict like what we cared about, what we were interested in, what we wanted to chat about. So yeah, I, don't, I don't think there's a lot of ego, egotism jokes. of – Yes, artisanal jokes. Um, yes, memes in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of what else. So wait, what was your favorite topic? That's really hard to say. I really think that the Jester was probably my favorite enduring episode and therefore almost necessarily my favorite topic. Um, it's hard to say because – the topic themselves, like the topics themselves, are so often not really yeah. the important bit of the discussion for me. Yeah, and it, certainly we may start with the topic for most of these discussions, and then we wind up not somewhere else. Yeah, somewhere else entirely. Because, yeah. like for the jester episode, I really wanted to talk about sort of that comedic shield. Um, aspect, and I don't know how much we actually got to talk about that. We we especially addressed it at the end, and right. and maybe that's sort of what I mean when I say that the final thoughts managed to do something special. Is that we had ourselves a self self contained conversation, and then we managed to elevate it in that last moment. And maybe that elevation was just finally getting to what you actually wanted to talk about all along. But you know, it's it's kind of funny like that. Um, I will say that for that reason, I would put. The jester and um, the the conversation with Jack in my in my top two um, because both were post scarcity. Yes, post scarcity because <laughs> both were, and I think that that's actually a drink. Yeah, to Jack, to Jack, to Jock. Yeah, um, <laughs> you beat me to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because both episodes were like – they were really well-picked for the conversation. They sparked really good, interesting conversations. And especially with Jack's episode, Jack really moved with us through that conversation. I, I can't think of another guest that really was willing to like say, you know, I came into this with one position that I felt very strongly about, but I'm willing to expose that I'm vulnerable on that position because of these issues, and ultimately I feel different about the issue at the end of the episode. And I think Jack has been the guy that has been willing to, to move with us. Yeah, or at least that. admit it. Um, yeah. And... He, he, and I thought that kind of vulnerability of, of position has been a really valuable like 
thing to demonstrate on the show because he was willing to admit it, but we all have felt it. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, if you could have had one guest on this show uh, that we weren't able to get, who would it have been? Well, Alex Jones has long Fuck. failed. <laughs> God damn it. Oh. Okay. You know what? Let, let me really think about this. Besides actually. Alex Jones, besides, so we don't both have the same answer. Yeah, besides Alex because Jones. Because that's the natural first. Of course. Um, Did I tell you, like, I wanted to do an episode where we both pretend to be Alex Jones? <laughs> that would have been really good. That yeah. would have been really good. Um, I wanted to do an episode where we talked about hypocrisy, but every time I thought about doing it, I always realized that I didn't really know what to talk about. Right. Because it's like... It's a very quick thing to just say, which is yeah, that it's just a one-off statement. You kind of have to be a hypocrite, but I'm not really mm-hmm. sure how to develop that. Um, in any event, yeah, and I guess we who, could also answer topics. Um, who, yes, because um, there's an episode. The topic I wanted to do with Josh Windsor was about, um, and the backup topic I had because you asked if I had a backup. I. Uh, it's sort of about being like this sort of the simple life. Okay. And it would have gone into like the story of Buddha finding the middle path because like a lot of people when they hear the simple life think, you know, the aesthetics life or the not aesthetic, um, the person who goes along with nothing. And it's really, uh, in my mind, the simple life is the one that doesn't require a ton of thinking. So like the middle path, um, yeah. So that was the topic I in mind. Uh and I think it would have been really interesting and I think Josh Windsor would have been a fantastic You're 100% pick right. For I, that. I just I keep thinking about all the times where we've gotten this impression of him and I think it's not a wrong impression and you know of the Jeffersonian yes, farmer. The the sort of agrarian republican, the idea of like you have a a strong citizen Right. Who is strong because they have an obligation to raise the land and to use the land for the greater good of the republic and not to indulge over much in personal pleasance. Pl- Ugh, what am I talking about? Yeah. Personal pleasures. That's right. Right. And then the other topic I had in mind, which would have been tied to a guest, so, you know, for both to answer both of these questions. Yeah. Um, well, I have I think a about... friend who. Over the course of this podcast, has lived in New York, Maryland, and now um, Virginia. That's rather amazing. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's very mobile. And I would have tried to Skype him over, um, and we would have talked about memes and internet culture. Okay. Literally. Like, yeah. It would have been really fun. Uh, I'm sad we didn't get to do it, but... Unfortunately, he's he's very busy, and his busyness doesn't mesh with our busyness. Yeah, well. and, and that's always been the struggle, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. what, what's interesting is, and I've really been able to think about this while you've graciously given me the chance to while you've been talking. Um, you know, I have to say my first reaction is to say one of my uh, – so you got to talk to Kyle. Right. He's one of my um, – fraternity brothers one of my pledge brothers another pledge brother is a huge paradox 
game fan, a huge history nerd, a huge like uh, fan and scholar of the intersection between real history and the efforts to simulate history and the sort of hilarious outcomes when you make every effort to simulate history, but instead you end up with absurdity. And I think I would have really liked to do an episode about how hard it is for humans to simulate humans and how hard it is for humans to understand and model the motivations that affect and underpin the decisions of humans either individually or structurally. And just right off the bat, that's the first reaction that I have is um, that that would have been a really cool episode. Yeah. So is that both topic and guest? Yes, it, it, it's certainly both because that's a topic and a guest that I think would have been fit together and, and certainly something that I think would have been really fun to talk about. Um, so I'll, I'll say that. Um, so what else now? I mean... Uh, if you were to give... And I feel like this is an appropriate last question. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of a Phoenix question. If someone just were on to... this, because I, there's something I want to talk about after this. By the way, okay. Well, yeah. then let's go with that. No, no. Ask, right, your, okay. ask your final favorite question. Okay. And, well, yeah. this isn't even a favorite question. Okay. Um, I think we we have license to go long on our last that's episode. Fair. If if we have license to go long on any episode, it's yeah. Certainly, the one where we're not. No one's waiting on us. No one's waiting on us. Uh, because I know. Certain people would, like, we'd take so long that they'd leave the bar, um, usually minutes before we got there. No, Doug, that's, I would take so long to get to a bar that you, who've already been there, would leave because I'm very late. That was That's how that is. That was a separate thing that also (laughs) happened. Uh, Anyways, my question is this. If someone walked up to you. Um, and said, hey, we heard you did this podcast. I was thinking about a podcast, about making a podcast. Uh, do you have any advice you can give me? Mm. What would you? What would be your answer? And you could limit it to, um, you know, just a little bit of advice if you want, or you can talk. Make sure you broadly. enjoy it. Yeah. Make sure you enjoy it. Because I have to say this. I'm not pretending we haven't made a lot of mistakes. And I'm not pretending that we haven't made a lot of sort of stumbling steps towards trying to do something and they've either gone well or not gone well. But the reason that this has survived, despite all of the different things that press upon our very different lives, despite the fact that we were in law school together for all this time, right? we have very, we have very different things that pressed upon our time i was you know all in the mock trial and going off and competing with mock trial and doug was straight up like a artistic like mastermind over here running all kinds of efforts for the school's um acapella uh program which uh you know what's you know what's great about that is that the only thing i dislike more than acapella is Christmas music. And despite that, he was also <laughs> an, an artistic Christmas mastermind show. behind the... Um, the band. 
the band and the, the assault and flattery uh, law writing. school um, theater department, yeah. essentially. So we had very different lives, but I have to say the thing that kept me coming back and kept making sure that I fought to ensure that this would keep going on was the fact that this was one of the things I looked forward to most every week, that that this was coming up and we could hang out and chat and talk to a, you know each other or another good friend of ours. And if it wasn't for that, I it would have fallen off. I mean, if, if this was week after week like a chore, never would have worked out. So oh, yeah. make sure you enjoy whatever it is that you want to talk about, whether it's yourself, whether it's you or in a partner, whatever it is, you got to make this something that no matter how much work you have to put into it, and this is coming from two people who have put no work into it, right. um, that you like it. So, Doug, what, what would be your answer? Um, mine would be sort of along the lines of whatever you have in your mind holding you back from starting, uh, whatever sort of embarrassment you might have, um, just like do it anyways. Yeah. Uh, in the words of Shia LaBeouf, do it. Just do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yeah, make your dreams come true. Uh, and the point is, and we didn't really work that hard on it. Like, but No, it's true. You worked harder than I did. Yeah. Easily. But, uh, you did it. I just sat here. You I did was, it. I was curious if I could. You and, certainly did. Yeah, and I certainly did. So. And here's the thing. It's so much easier when you have a partner who's also enthusiastic about it because you'll you'll mm. egg each other on but yeah if you just want to get started by all means get started i mean whether it's a podcast or whether you want to start a blog or whether you want to like just start putting your ideas into the ether just get started with it because right. even if it's the wrong medium even if it's the wrong like if you're not proud of the the format you've got the substance and you can <laughs> use that and move on with it. Yeah. And here's the thing is that like, it's always going to be pretentious and yes. not fully realized and embarrassing. Um, Chris You'll... and I literally, we would have never started a podcast on our own, each of us. But I think we, one of the major things for starting is we each wanted the other person to be like, you know, we respected the other person. We each think we're um, very intelligent individuals. We each think the other, other. is yes. a very intelligent yeah, individual. Yeah, thank you. I forgot that word, the operative word. Um, we each think the other is incredibly intelligent and deserves their words to be uploaded for um, – Right. Yeah, for in a podcast. And, and here's the thing. I mean – And certainly for we people respect like us, the conversations we have. Absolutely. So but for people like us, it's so important to have that crutch. Of being able because we know how it is, and and I'm I have a major problem with this, the total lack of like self valuation, and it's like oh whatever I'm an idiot like what do I think what I think is just stupid like no one cares but if I can sort of launder that through saying like oh I'm really proud to be here with another person who mm -hmm. I think is great and I'd like to you know have and their I'm words. proud of our conversations right yeah try not to let yourself be crippled by that feeling because. At the end of the day, you'll be surprised by how much support you get from the people who care about you. Right. I think we always have been. And I'd like to talk about uh, just the sort of support we've gotten. Absolutely. Um, and then we can do your topic. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I 
I mean, the fact that my my mom, mom, thank you very much, has has been listening to the show almost Hi. since the beginning. Um, Sorry for swearing so much. <laughs> I'm still not <laughs> when even I sure. Met her. I'm still not even sure that that wasn't actually my fault from the beginning. Um, the the people that we know from law school who every time that somebody says to us like, "Oh, I was listening to your show," I'm always like, "Really? Why? Why?" <laughs> Yeah, um, I remember one time, uh, I guess this is my favorite commentary I've heard on the show, was um, Doug Coonfield approached me after we did that episode about truth. Um, and he just comes up to me, cold cold start to the conversation, it's the ready room. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. And I'm yeah. like, what are you talking about? And he's like... Chris Spinneman, you guys on your podcast, you're trying to figure out what that room next to the captain, next to the where the captain room, goes and like sits and has goes. tea. It's yeah. the ready room. It's the ready room, and it's also a replicator, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, yes. did you have any uh, favorite moments of commentary on our podcast? Oh, I think that somebody, yes, Kyle. Kyle texted me out of the blue without any reference to what was going on. Maybe I can even still find it. And I think Kyle will really enjoy this if, if you know, a decade from right. now. Well, if you'd like to search, I can talk about a separate thing. Oh, please do. Um, there was a moment when I realized that people actually listen to our show. Um, I was going to a lunch with uh, Zach and another one of our friends, Olivia. And, um, Zach picked us up, and in the car on the way, uh, to where we went, he was listening to our podcast. It was a really surreal experience for me, because we were having a conversation while we were listening to my podcast, and I remember having to talk over myself, um, on the radio. And it was... It's just a really weird experience, like, not just hearing yourself in the, on the radio, uh, but having to, like, talk over yourself on the radio. And in fact, I think I made this comment to you, talking over yourself, interrupting another person who is currently in the car that you're talking to. Yeah. So I found this, um, and it was from, and this was uh, Ben Allred's episode. Okay. Which is the episode I think I remember the least because that was – I was um, in a state for the duration of that episode. But immediate, almost immediately after we posted that episode, I get this from Kyle. He says, it's GIF, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Over text message. Yes. And he says, it's – remember when you said – because we were talking about is it – how do you say that? Right. And I said – it's Jif. Uh-huh. Ben says it's GIF. GIF. And you said, I think it's GIF. <laughs> GIF. And Kyle says, it's GIF, you son of a bitch. It's GIF before it's Jif. <laughs> and, and that was he... by far my favorite like moment because when I originally saw that, I was like, what on earth is going on here? Because if you read this text, it's written 100% phonetically. So that if you just look at it, I'm just sitting here like, what the hell? These are not words. Like, a third of this text are words that are not words. 
But once I realized what was going on, I was like, ah, I see. Yeah. And uh, just in general, I really want to thank Wes, who's the guy who travels a lot, or moves a lot, I should say. I suppose he also travels. Um, For, like, typically, he'd, he'd send me a text message with his feedback after just about every episode. And he'd always have very kind things to say, and it always made me... I was thankful for it because it was like, oh, someone's enjoying this show. We're not just pretentious fuckwits doing it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the swearing, uh, Chris's mom. I mean, we have that to... That one's for you. What, what did you used to say? Wait, I'm going to get a drink on this one. You used to say we have to earn our explicit tag somehow. Yeah, yeah. so that the children don't listen to it, so mm-hmm. that we're not executed for uh, corrupting the youth. Uh, we still might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah high likelihood in these days yeah um cops will just get you for anything these days oh they'll find a reason <laughs> yeah so uh so here i go off i do to, off i do want jail think, off i go to right, jail again so <laughs> <laughs> here i go killing again here i go to jail again yeah um i rick and morty me- reference rick I'm and not... morty great show uh, here in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, we think it's a great show. Can't yeah, wait for despite, 15 years. Right. And... We think it's great despite the negative uh, connotation because some people think – some people who aren't great think the show's great. And good for them. You know, People should enjoy things wholeheartedly. Are we talking about Kanye West? No, I'm thinking about those those people who just run around shrieking Pickle Rick. Oh. Those people. But, like, you know what? Good on them for enjoying something. Yes. People should be able to enjoy things. It's yeah. It's a very important thing. Exactly. And I'm not so pretentious as to say, well, no. I can't enjoy this because of its audience. Oh, absolutely not. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, thank you, Wes, for always listening to the show and having feedback and generally being so supportive. Um, thank you. So, I now want to get into what would otherwise be a final thought. But I want to talk to you about it because it's our last chance. Okay. When you – so so here's a little backstory. I have a memory that Doug doesn't necessarily share of Doug saying to me that he had something ready for me in the last episode that would be a total just mind break. I think it was the form follows function thing. Really? I think. I don't know. I, I can't be certain because I absolutely forgot what yeah. it was. But when I thought about the form follows function thing, I'm like, Chris is really going to like this. And there's no question I really did. Um, but I think that what I actually originally expected you to say uh, on the topic of sort of how to break my mind in the final episode is that maybe rather unbeknownst to me. We've had a very interesting, more than just a practical experiment, more than just a, like, us trying to figure this out kind of experiment, and a topic-to-topic experiment that we've been doing week by week. I thought about it, and I thought about my own experience of listening to the show, which was always, like I said, in between highlights and regrets. Essentially, like, oh, that that's a shame. This is a lull. This is exciting. This is a shame. This is a lull. That kind of thing. And I thought, 
You know, to the extent that our listeners have ever felt frustrated about the scope of a conversation or felt like something went uncovered or felt like there's more to be said or just outright felt like we were so stupidly wrong. Like I'm thinking about Ooh, Kyle's comment. I was stupidly wrong on the digits of pi. Yeah. Uh, during Emily's episode. So like I got some of them right. And then I, I triggered a, um, like a replacement for the numbers I used to remember. And I started spouting off credit card digits. For really? An old credit card. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, because that 9891 was a credit card. Really? Yeah, and not the digits of pies. Because I can only remember... Because it was like 8978, or 8987. Huh. It says 9891. Yeah. Did, did someone correct you? No, I listened to it again, and I, I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. I need to put my finger on it. Huh. Yeah. And I looked it up. I mean, for me, I'm thinking right. about like when Doug is... After Emily Evie explicitly <laughs> says, don't look this up. Yeah. I looked it up. Cheers to that. Yeah. Anyways, speaking of um, the first time I'm actually doing this. wrong. So I'm thinking about like when Doug Coonfield is like, it's a ready room. Or, and the other issue is I don't agree with him, but Kyle arguing with me about like, it's, it's gif, you know. I think that one of the, I think that the ultimate lesson and sort of commentary that we've achieved with the entire show has been – and I say this because I want your like input on this, your response – is that to the extent that we've ever frustrated a listener or made a listener feel like there's more to be said and they failed to say it or made the listener feel like they didn't really deliver on the promise to actually talk about the subject. What we have done is inject into the listener's life the urge to think something through more than it has been thought through by our ridiculous thoughts. Or even better, the example of trying to discuss it with their own friends. And I think if there ever could have been something that we did that was valuable, it would have been that. To bring some of that sophist symposium into the modern age and inspire people that it's not just valuable, it's fun. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I would absolutely love to hear an experience of someone having listened to the podcast with a loved one. Um or someone that they despise, or whomever. Whatever. And having, like, a conversation about the topic on their own accord. Mm -hmm. Because certainly, there's an absolute merit uh, to not knowing something and looking it up and reading what others have read. But at the same time, like, we've generally tried to avoid that. Um, we have. At least at the very beginning. Yeah. We very much tried to avoid that. Uh and I think it's so – it's great that we don't forget our ability to reason yeah, um, instead of just parroting what someone else is saying. Right, and, 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 and I want to emphasize that. Yeah, and I would – We don't – we, we don't fetishize ignorance. 
Oh, absolutely not. We we just we wanted to emphasize the value of trying to work something out. Right. And yep. and the fun of trying to do so. And I just I just feel like there could be nothing more valuable than just to inspire other people to go down the same road. And even though... Especially in this age of just information being readily available. And just believing it, whatever it is. Right. I mean, just listening to whatever source you can find. And I mean, and I will say, you know, being in an, an echo chamber, I'm in one. Like, Oh, yeah. I think a lot of us are. And I don't know what happened to my Reddit. But, like, everything on my Reddit was politics, our yes. politics today. And it's very likely— Every single thing. But it is so important to hold on to your own sense of judgment. And if you can glean anything from our ridiculous ramblings back and forth, I hope it is that your own perspective is valid, even if it's not well-read, even if it's not well-researched, even if it's not, you know, carefully, meticulously put together— I hope that you will remain open always because – and again, I have to say this very carefully. Don't be afraid to enter into a conversation just because you don't know much about it. But never resist learning from another person's perspective because that's what Doug and I have done every episode. Yeah. Is we enter in ignorant. We learn. We move forward. We build on each other's statements. And we end up with something interesting and I dare say valid by the end of the episode. And I'd like to say that um, not only is are these things like good just uh, categorically, but they're also skills that you ought to practice. Um, maybe have conversations like we do on the show where you don't know the answer to a question um, and neither does your conversational partner. Yeah. And you try to go about figuring out the answer. Because once you eventually do look it up or whatever, you're still better off because you've exercised those decision-making capacities and those reasoning organs in a way you otherwise would not have. And I, I don't just mean to say this as like, you know, try to hold on to the old ways that people used to figure things out in the past and don't just be a slave to Google and Wikipedia. I don't mean to suggest that. I just mean to suggest that I really hope that you find some pleasure and excitement and value in talking things out, even if you don't have perfect knowledge and you might be embarrassed by your lack of knowledge of something because as we've demonstrated to you episode after episode, it's not just valid it's fun right we can get the digits of pi wrong yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, that i mean with that i mean I, I i now think i think i'm at the point where final thoughts we can talk final, about our final final thoughts. final thoughts all right um you first okay um this is probably the least prepared i've ever been to offer final final thoughts I will say this. This has been from week to week over the course of the time that we've been putting this together. Something that I have genuinely looked forward to, valued highly, and really appreciated every moment of. 
I cannot overstate how valuable and positive it was emotionally and intellectually to live through the experience of making these shows, talking things out, getting excited for topics, picking guests, sometimes picking topics, obviously, which was sort of half my job. And the moment-to-moment of doing this has been part of who I am, and I hope that it will always be part of what I think is important about myself, is that for this period of time during law school, I dedicated some of it to leaving this set of, let's call them um, time capsules, of these first stumbling steps towards understanding. Because if I think there's, I think if there's anything important about the original idea of the Sophist Symposium, it's that. That people who understood and admitted from the start that they maybe they know nothing, but at the very least they don't know everything, could sit together and have a warm and friendly conversation that they could get somewhere and have a good time doing it. And I hope that that will follow me for the rest of my life. And I very much hope that whoever's listening to this will consider that to be a true and honest lesson. That's my last, last thought. All right. And as for mine, um, I'd like to take a moment and really thank Chris, because I wouldn't have been able to do this uh, without him in any way. Uh, Simply, you know, I can't carry a conversation on on my own. Uh, And I've, I've really needed Chris here for this, and I'm glad he's been... You know, I wouldn't have been able to do this. It, it wouldn't have been nearly as great. Uh, and every, not every Thursday, because we didn't always have the time. No, we missed every a lot. Thursday, every Thursday that we've been able to do this, the best hour or so of that Thursday was simply getting to sit down and have a conversation with Chris. And I remember telling him one time as we were walking to uh, Russian House, that, hey, the real reason I put on the show was so that we could have these conversations. Um, because certainly life gets in the way uh, without structure. And this was one way we could have that sort of structure. Uh, I'm happy that people have been able to enjoy you know, such a selfish uh, thing. Because certainly... I would have continued to do these if we had zero visitors. Uh, I, I've just enjoyed them so much on my own. But the fact that we can record these and that uh, so many people are able to listen to our words and enjoy them, it's a real privilege, I think. Uh, and, and certainly an honor that people have enjoyed this show. Um, and, I, and I'd like to thank anyone who's taking the time to listen to us pretentious uh <laughs> fuckwits so wait uh do you want to do one final sign out yeah uh go for it well this has been sophist symposium i've been chris bendeman i've been doug daffin have a good night <laughs>